If you have a Bible with you this morning, find the book of Matthew. Matthew, and we're going to be in chapter number 18. Matthew 18. Uh, we've been, a, been in a series titled Stuck. This is like week number six, seven, eight. I don't even know. Uh, it's been pretty much since the beginning of September. Uh, and if you're wondering what this is, and maybe you haven't been, been around here, uh, the idea is we feel that many, many Christians are stuck, stuck in their relationship with God uh, and not free. Uh, Jesus came, his, his way is freedom. His way is for us to live without carrying all of this stuff around with us. Uh, but so many, so many of us just uh, end up in the same place we were a year ago, uh, not moving, not growing, not changing, not, and, and this is not the way of Jesus. And so we've been looking at different uh, topics and different situations where things that make us stuck. And we've been talking about sin. We talked about that. We talked about sexual sin for a couple weeks. Tough topic. Uh, we've talked about some mental health things and anxiety and depression and busyness and hurry, negativity, powerful things that uh, for me, this journey, just as I have been diving into these topics one after another, it's just been this um, eye-opening uh, waking up moment to some things in my life uh, that are not the way that they should be. And I have kind of been on a journey myself saying, wow, uh, I've got to get some things in order in my life and I've got to uh, arrange some things. And so I hope that's what this has been for you. Uh, I will just say this, uh, all of our messages uh, that we speak here are on our church website. And so you can go back. Um, I was looking at it this week. I think they go back all the way to like 2014. And so you can go watch back when I was skinnier than I am now and uh, <laughs> all of that. And, and, and the background's all different and the church wasn't the same in so many different ways. And we talked about all sorts of things. It's kind of fun because um, every once in a while, and it actually happens more often uh, than that sounds, but someone will come up to me at Walmart, someone I've never even met before, and they'll just be like, I just want you to know that I watch you and uh, on the computer, and it's, you know, I never know if that's supposed to be awkward or not. It kind of feels awkward a little bit, uh, but, but I say, wow, amazing, and they'll say, wow, the other day I was watching this message, and it was so powerful for me, and I was like, which one was it? And they'll, and they'll list off something from like seven years ago, and I don't even remember talking about that, and they're like, it was so great, and so just understand, um, some of you are like binge-watching Netflix. Come on. You can just, I don't know. You can do it. You could if you want. It's, it's available for you right there. But uh, let, let me set up the topic for today. Let me set up the topic for today. Uh, I once heard a story about a man uh, who was bitten by a dog. And, and they found out that the dog had rabies. Uh, they rushed the man to the hospital. And uh, they found out that he had, in fact, himself con contracted rabies. Uh, rabies. And this happened years ago. It was before like they could even really treat this stuff. And so there was no solution. And the doctor has to come in and now tell this man, you're going to die. And so he walks in and he says to this man, he says, sir, you know, we, we will do all that we can to make you comfortable. Uh, uh, but I'm not going to give you any false hope here. Very simply, there's nothing we could do. My best advice for you, like begin to kind of put your affairs together here with your family as soon as possible. The dying man sinks back in his bed. He's in shock, of course. Finally, he just kind of gets enough strength to ask for some pen and paper, and he begins to write. Uh, and an hour later, the doctor returns, and the man is still writing. And the doctor just says to him, hey, wow, I'm glad that you're, you're working on your will, the doctor says. And the man replied, this, this ain't no will, doctor. Uh, this is a list of people I'm going to bite. 
Yeah. But we've been talking about all sorts of different things that we're stuck in, and this morning we're heading in a bit of a different direction, but it's still very much related. A, a very well-known pastor once said, without forgiveness, our souls are tied to what happened to us in the past. Uh, and for the sake of kind of the series that we're in in this topic, we could say without forgiveness, our souls are really stuck. Our souls are stuck uh, to what happened to us in the past. This idea of forgiving and learning to forgive is central to the idea of being a follower of Jesus, but it's also just absolutely central to living a life that is really marked by freedom. Uh, and, and so that's really what we're going to talk about today, because the reality of the situation is there are some of us here, um, even many of us, that we are stuck in our spiritual life very simply because of something that someone did to you at some point. And you have been unable and sometimes unwilling to even move past that because we still carry that around with us today. So uh, that's the topic for today. Let's get to the Bible. Uh, I want to ask you to stand with me all over this place and um, let's start by reading our passage of scripture together. It's going to be a nice little chunk we read here. Uh, so Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to start with verse number 21. So here we go. Uh, if you're there, say, I'm there. there. Yeah, you don't even have a Bible with. Some of you are like, <laughs> I see it on the screen. Okay, come on, a bunch of cheaters. Okay, here we go. Verse 21 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Verse 31, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's heavy. Yeah, uh, let's pray. God, we just, God, we just kind of take a deep breath together and really just ask for your very word to come and speak such beautiful, life-changing words. Uh, God, we need that, and we 
uh, open our hearts and we sit on the edge of our seats and we lean into what you have uh, for us today. So God, speak to us. God, we're not after my thoughts and my stuff, God. That's not, like, we want you to come and to speak to every heart in this place. We give this to you, God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, turn to somebody, give them a high five, and have a seat. If you're at home, give somebody a high five or clap your hands together or something. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Big deal today. Big topic, difficult topic, topic that many of us struggle with in different ways. Some of us don't even know that you struggle with this, but you do. Uh, I want to start here. I, I, love, I love to talk to people about their stories it's just one of my favorite things to do uh, is sit down with someone and just ask questions. Where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What is your family like? Uh, what was life like for you growing up on that farm outside of Bruton with your 17 brothers and sisters? You know, I don't know, whatever it is, okay? Uh, all right, and uh, for real though, I love that stuff. And uh, it just kind of adds depth to our relationship. But over the years, talking to a lot of people, here's what I've come to understand. All of us, in some way, have been wounded. Have been wounded. Like, we have these wounds. And, and I don't mean physical stuff. I mean, like, wounds on the inside. Uh, things caused by other people. We've all been hurt uh, and, and our hurt may have come in different ways, uh, different people, different times, all that. It may look different and feel different, uh, but we've all been wounded at different times in our lives. And like physical wounds, some of these wounds just aren't that big a deal, and uh, time just kind of heals and, and, and takes care of all that. But for some of us, I mean, the reality is, and you know this, if this is you, like some of our wounds are big, aren't they? And deep and serious. Uh, and, and here's something else that I've learned about people. As a whole, people are not very good at dealing with the wounds from their past. It's not something that we do very well. In fact, uh, we're, we spend all sorts of times with counselors, which are great things, and, you know, helping, trying to help this type of stuff. Uh, but the truth is, many people just end up carrying this stuff around with them everywhere they go. Uh, and, and I want to start by saying this right here uh, as kind of where we're headed. Don't, don't let what someone did to you determine what your life is going to be like. Don't let what someone did to you determine what your life is going to be like. And some of us immediately are, are like, this is not that easy. And I understand that. A few moments ago, we read a passage of scripture from uh, uh, the book of Matthew where Peter, and Peter was one of Jesus' closest followers, closest friends, uh, Peter asked Jesus a question. And for us, it's kind of a weird question to ask. He says, Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody? Like seven? That's what he says. And what, what's interesting here is when you really look into this, when Peter says seven, Peter's act, he actually thinks he's being like extra generous with this. Uh, it, it's kind of a very Jewish thing to talk about and stuff, but most Jewish teachers and Jewish rabbis actually taught that you should forgive someone three times. That, that's what they said. I don't know. I just, as I was reading it, that came up in multiple places in some of the stuff. And so Peter thinks he's being extra generous here. Like the rabbis and the teachers and all this, they think, they think three. What should we forgive? Like seven, Jesus? I mean, can you kind of hear what's happening? Jesus responds, not seven, but 77. 
which is, again, not an actual number that Jesus gives and you're keeping track and be like, 77, we're done. That's not what, that's not what this is either. It's, it's Jesus' way of saying forever, forever. You, it, you never stop forgiving a repentant heart. Um, and then Jesus does what Jesus does quite often in the Bible and in him walking around. He tells a story. And this story is about people who kind of owe each other different amounts of money. Uh, and it really spins around, this story spins around this middle servant uh, and his interaction with what's called the king uh, and then his interaction with another servant kind of of his who owes him money. And so I want to kind of read different parts of this story again and then talk through some of it. And I think this is going to be very helpful for us as we talk about getting unstuck from this topic, okay? So this is the story that Jesus tells. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now that sounds like morbid for us, that you're gonna like sell people, but th this is just kind of the way the world worked in some ways back then. Um, verse 26, at this at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master, so the king, took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now, when we read this story, when Jesus tells this story, the debt and the amounts of the debt are kind of central to us understanding what's going on here. The story begins with servant number one, I suppose we could call him, owing this king uh, this says 10,000 bags of gold is how much is owed. In the original story, uh, they actually use Jewish money. Uh, it, some of your Bibles may even read, he owed the king 10,000 talents. If you read that uh, in your Bible, let me explain what this is because this kind of helps us understand. A talent was this first century monetary measurement uh, way that they deal with things. Their, their coins were called denarii or drachma, depending on what part you were in, which they're almost the same. And it kind of paints a picture of this. Uh, one denarii was roughly worth one day's wages for an average worker, someone who worked with their hands, built things, whatever. Uh, one denarii, one day's wage is what we see at the time of Jesus, okay? A talent was valued at exactly 6,000 denarii, okay? 6,000 days of work equals one talent. And Jesus, in our story, says that this servant owes the king 10,000 talents. Are you with me? Some of you aren't very good at math. Let me just help you out with this. 6,000 denarii, one talent, 10,000 talents. We are looking at around 60 million days of work. Got that? 60 million. This servant owes the king 60 million days of work. In today's term, if we just have someone making $40,000 uh, on the like on the lower end, this debt comes to $6.5 billion. Jesus, 100% on purpose, throws an amount into this story that causes everyone to go, oh, crazy. What is going on here? All right? Uh, this story centers around a debt that nobody can repay. Not possible. And the, so the servant gets down on his knees and he begs the king. He says, be patient with me 
and I will pay back everything. Like, wait a second here. You, be patient with me, and I'll pay you back 60 million days of work. Like, th- th- this is ridiculous. Can this servant pay back this debt? The answer is no. We're supposed to know that. All right, okay? So understand here, something is going on on the inside of the king, and he cancels the debt. He lets the man go. Don't, don't miss this. We could say it this way. Jesus tells a story in which a king pays the price so that a servant may have new life. Hey, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Like, I like that. A king, okay, pays the price so a servant may have new life. The king forgives this massive debt, and I want you, just, I want you to feel the weight of that right there, okay? Uh, all right, verse number 28, and then the story transitions. It says, when that servant went out, the one who has just had 60 million days of work forgiven by the king, that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees, begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay. Okay, this servant leaves the king, uh, goes and finds another servant that owes him an amount of money, roughly 100 silver coins, or some of your translations, actually the older ones, will just say 100 denarii. Okay, this is, this is roughly 100 days of work is what we have right here. If we take $40,000, this is someone who owes this servant 11 grand. Still a massive amount of money. This isn't like $1.50, okay? But when you compare $11,000 to $6.5 billion, things get a little bit ridiculous, right? When you're looking at that. Uh, 100% on purpose, Jesus makes the amount of the money ridiculously different. This man has been forgiven 60 million days of work, and he goes to the other man, And the Bible tells us he starts choking the other man, saying, pay back what you owe. Pay the money that you owe. This servant gets down on his knees and begs, be patient with me and I will pay back everything. Does that sound familiar? You should say yes if you were listening three and a half minutes ago. Because that's the same words that he just said to the king. He just said the same exact thing 60 million days of work, he gets on, be patient with you, I'll pay back. Next, he's now on this position, someone, same exact words, different amount of money. This servant, however, has this man uh, thrown into prison until he can pay back the debt. And we look at this story and we think, middle servant, you are ridiculous. Like this is, like uh, if there's one spot in the Bible to use the word jerk, this would be the word and spot, right? I mean, would you agree? Some of you are like covering your kids' ears and can't believe the pastor said that from the front. That's unbelievable. All right, but seriously, you have been forgiven $6.5 billion and now you're treating this man like that on what is in pennies in comparison, okay? Now here's this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of add the second half to our line a moment ago. Jesus tells the story in which a king pays the price so that a servant may have new life, but the servant walks away completely unchanged. Can you feel that? Walks away completely unchanged. Like the encounter, this encounter with the compassion and the grace of the king has not changed him in the slightest. Now, listen, I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to just kind of blow your mind here, and I know you haven't spent all week studying this deep in the Bible, so I'm just going to kind of help you out This is more than just about a king and some servants. This is about you and me. Some of you are like, wow, I didn't even see that coming. 
But there, there's a point. There's a point that Jesus is obviously trying to make here. Uh, this is about you and me and God and the people around us. And in this story, in this story, who is it that Jesus wants us to see ourselves as? Okay, let's talk this through a little bit. We already, you already know this, but we're not the king, right? The king is obviously God. We can feel that here. Uh, and this story is about forgiveness from the very beginning with Peter. The bottom servant here doesn't even have a chance to forgive anyone or any. Jesus wants to, us to see ourselves as this middle servant, as this, this person right here. And we look at this story, and do you know who we see as the bad guy? That servant. I mean, it's the middle servant. This middle servant is guilty of receiving forgiveness for an unpayable debt and is unwilling to do the same for somebody else. And Jesus says, that's the spot that you're in. That is you. That's who you are in the story. Okay, and then the end of the story, quickly, where things get super harsh, super fast, the king finds out what happens. He brings the middle servant in, and he says to him, you wicked servant. Remember, the king is God here. You wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Like there's no messing around here for Jesus. Did this uh, this is difficult. This is harsh. And we see the same idea come up in other places in the Bible as well. Uh, the book of Colossians says, make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgive anyone who offends you. The Lord forgave you. You must forgive others. Matthew chapter 6, if you forgive those who sin against you, your Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Like, this is difficult stuff to work through. It really is. Now, and, and, and listen, just understand, we kind of started with this. Forgiveness is central to what it means to be a Christian. We, we receive forgiveness from God, and we learn to forgive those who wrong us. And we read this in the Bible like Forgiving is the right thing to do. It's important. It's crucial to being a follower of Jesus, to being a follower of Jesus. But for just a moment here, I want, I want you to kind of hear something, and I want to appeal really to a different side of this, okay? Because it's, it's what unforgiveness does uh, to our hearts that makes this topic actually so toxic, some of us, we read this stuff and we're like, okay, Jesus wants me to. Like, I just don't think we realize how much this impacts our lives when we carry this stuff around. Like, we push this stuff down inside of us until it just becomes a part of who we are and it begins to shape every area of our life. Check this out. The book of Job uh, paints this picture. It says this in chapter 21. Another man dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. Like this idea of, of bitterness, which is really defined as anger over what, how somebody treated you. 
anger over being treated unfairly is that word bitterness. Another man dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. Listen, this is not only a topic about Jesus and his forgiveness for us, but understand this is a topic that will zap every ounce of joy from your life. And some of you know this and you feel it even right now. And you will live trapped and you will live defeated. You will live forever stuck. Nelson Mandela, like some of you have heard this stuff before, famously said, unforgiveness is like, it's like drinking a glass of poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's toxic. It's destructive. And, and I think we... I think like, we believe that it's toxic for the other person. And I'm just telling you, that's not how this works. You are the one that suffers. Hear that. You're the one that suffers. Uh, another person wrote, forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and realizing that the prisoner was you. Realizing that the prisoner was you. Now, I think it's really easy for us to misunderstand what forgiveness is and what it's not. Um, so I just want to kind of illustrate this here for you for just a moment, okay? Um, Evan, help me out here. If I grab that like little thing, cinch pack. This is awesome. It's, it's heavy, okay? I grab, oh my goodness. I grabbed this earlier and some people were making fun of me uh, out in the church parking lot because I just filled it with rocks. <laughs> yeah, from our, over, our pit over there. And this thing is, I don't know if this thing is even going to hold because it's not a, the greatest little backpack that I have. And there's a lot in here. But seriously, I want you to picture what, what this is and what this looks like. People hurt us, we're wounded, and in a way what we do is we pick up what they did and we kind of start carrying it around with us. And, oh my goodness. This is, do you want to wear this here for me, Sarah? Because I don't want to wear this. No. But, but seriously... Oh man, these little straps need a little more padding is what they need. Uh, we, we kind of walk around and we carry this stuff with us everywhere we go. And it's really is, it really is uncomfortable. And it really is, does kind of impact everything that we do and everywhere that we go. And we want to now handle normal life with our kids, but we've got this like hanging on to us all over the place, everywhere. And, and it's really unforgiveness is our choice, by the way, to hang on to and to pick up and to carry. And, and many people will carry this the re for their entire life. And here's the crazy part. We think in our minds that by carrying this around, we are somehow causing pain on the other person who did it. And they're over there not having any part of this anymore. And we carry this around everywhere that we go. No, you know, just kind of feel that for a moment. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. Okay? So, easy to under, misunderstand this. And let's start with this. I want to give you a couple things of what forgiveness is not. Okay? Because we're going to make this very clear. Okay? Forgiveness is not, number one, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Jeremiah chapter 17 actually says the heart is deceitful above all else. Your heart, your feelings are not a reliable guide in this. They're really not. And if you wait until you feel like it, 
For many of us, it will never come because you will never feel like letting that go. Forgiveness is not just about the way that we feel. Number two, forgiveness is not the same as trust. It's not the same as trust. The Bible commands that we forgive. Forgiveness is not based on the offender's response in any sort of way. What does that mean? That means that we can actually choose to forgive without an apology and without even evidence of change in any sort of way on this person right here. And maybe that doesn't make any sense for you, but remember, forgiveness is about our heart, not theirs. It's about our heart, not theirs. Don't miss that. Trust, on the other hand, is totally different. Trust is based on tangible evidence here of change. Trust, trust is conditional, right? You trust people because they earn that in your life, you don't just trust because the Bible says trust everyone. That never says that, okay? Forgiveness is not the same as trust. Number three, forgiveness does not necessarily mean reconciling. Okay, don't miss that. If possible, reconciliation is a beautiful thing. In fact, it's a story of the Bible, a God who is reconciling himself to fallen people, broken people who don't deserve it. But there are times when reconciliation is not possible and that is okay to forgive somebody does not mean that the relationship is like buddy buddy it does not mean that your marriage is fixed and that you that is okay that's not what this is okay forgiveness um isn't it's not mending the relationship it isn't being friends again it isn't spending time with them even though those things may happen forgiveness does not necessarily mean the relationship is fixed in that way Number four, forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not forgetting. Some of the wounds represented in this place, like they carry with them scars. Uh, they are deep. They are serious. This is a big deal. Forgiving does not mean that you will no longer remember what happened. That, that, it doesn't work like that. Like our minds are not wired to forget things like that. Like it doesn't mean that certain sights and smells are running into the person or whatever is not going to bring back all sorts of difficult feelings. Here we go, that word feelings again. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Uh, number five, forgiveness is not excusing or condoning the offense. And this is important and extremely helpful for me and, and for people who struggle and are dealing with this very specifically. In the conversations that I've had with people over the years, uh, I often hear things like, you don't understand what they did. I can never forgive that. And what, they, what they're saying and what they're believing is that in somehow forgiving, that is saying what they did is okay. And saying like, uh, they don't, they, like, I'm letting them off the hook. This is the way we feel. They don't deserve to be off the hook is what we say. But understand, forgiveness is not letting them off the hook. And forgiveness is in no way saying what they did was okay. What they did, what they said, how they treated you, that was very real. That was incredibly hurtful. And forgiveness does not take that away. Remember, like, forgiveness is, okay, like, major pain, major issues for you. Some of you have spent years in counseling for what they did. Don't, like, don't miss this. Forgiveness is not that stuff. Music team, please, please come at this point. Now, here we go. This is a big deal right here. We've kind of built all the way up into this spot. Uh, we've learned that forgiveness is central 
central to being a Christian. Uh, it's vital. It's important. Jesus is crazy harsh when he talks about us forgiving each other. Uh, why? Because I believe that I believe he understands what this does to our hearts. We also learned what forgiveness is not, and we you can read that even still on the screen right now. So, what is forgiveness? What does this look like? Here we go. Forgiveness is simply choosing not to carry this around anymore. In a very, you know, what can seem like super simple version of this, I'm going to try to put this thing back on for a second. Like, it's just putting this down. It's taking it off. And it's just saying, God, I trust you in this. I'm not, like, I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm not whatever else, like, that's not, it's not about them anymore at all. This is about me right here. And it's about me deciding that I am not going to allow what somebody else did to me to determine what my life is going to be like. They wounded me. They hurt me. They cut deep. They, they abused me. They divorced me. They left me. They cheated on me. And they don't deserve my forgiveness. This is what, this is what the way that we respond. And it's, and it's cancer on the inside of our hearts. And it destroys us and it eats at us and we carry it around with us. Forgiveness is simply, it's putting it, it's putting it down. It's not saying what they did was acceptable. It's, it's like, listen, God didn't create you to carry this stuff around. God created you to be free. He created you to live in that. And this morning, this morning, I want, I just want to, I want to just kind of ask you to put this stuff down, to like, to let it go, to not allow this to hold you back any longer. But Kyle, you don't know what they did to me. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. It was wrong. And, I, and I'm, and I'm seriously sorry that this ever happened to you. Like, I, I hate that. But right here, right now, it's, not, it's no longer about them. It's about you. It's about you. And it's about your heart and your future and your family. And God wants to help you put that stuff down today. Uh, please stand with me all over this place. Right at the heart of Jesus' message in all of this is the idea that God has forgiven all of our sins. That he doesn't hold any of our past against us because like none of us none of us have clean hands in this right we've all wronged people we've all done wrong like with Jesus there's no condemnation there's no list of wrongs there's no judgment it's it's like the cross is God's way of saying I don't hold your past against you anymore it's a beautiful story of the gospel of Jesus but this Christian life like it's it's also very much learning how to deal with uh, the wounds that we that we acquire in different ways, and like we go through this life and we get wounded, and some wounds are deep and some wounds are difficult, and some of us here today, some of us watching on the other side of a screen, I mean, even in this moment, like you are stuck in your relationship with God because of what somebody did to you. 
And what I want us to do today, and I, and I just was kind of praying about how do we kind of end this thing, uh, because we could just have people raise their hand and say, yeah, I've, I'm having a hard time, but like, I, I, I want this to be a little bit more, and so I actually want, I want us to, to, to kind of together go through a little bit of a symbolic exercise here, and some of you are like, I hate exercise, but that's okay, all right? Um, we're going to kind of use our hands as a little bit of a picture of, of what we want to have happen in our lives. And this is, this is something I saw a number of years ago, and it, it's something that Christians have been doing symbolic. This is, not, this is not like a magic trick that's, you know, we don't, that's not what this is. Okay, this is, it's a really about your heart is what this is. But here's, here's what we want to do. Um, everyone in this place, let's just kind of all do this together. Just take your hands and just put them just like this. And in this moment, I want you to, in a way, picture the wounds that you have and the stuff that you're holding on to just really kind of even being in your hands in a very very literal kind of way. We, we talked about holding in our backs, uh, carrying it around with us. This we, we, we have it right here in front of us. And what I'm going to do is I'm just, I'm going to pray and kind of in the middle of the prayer, I'm going to just ask you to turn your hands over. And in a symbolic way, it's just like we are letting go is what this is. And in that, in that moment, I, I want you to seriously just say, God, I let go of this stuff with you, with your help. And so let, let's just pray. I'll kind of just lead you through this. Lord, we see all of the junk and all the stuff and all the wounds that we have, all of the things that we carry around with us everywhere that we go. God, the things that have happened to us in our past, things that are big, things that are deep and serious. God, uh, God, we don't condone any of that. We don't say any of that was okay. In fact, God, it was wrong. And we know that. But God, we do, we do desperately want to learn how to choose to hand it over to you. And so God, even in this moment, right here, God, we, we choose to just kind of let it go. And so now let's take our hands and let's just open them right face down. And so God, we just, we let go of the wounds and the junk and the issues and the stuff in our past. And God, we, we in a way just kind of receive your freedom and we ask for you in a supernatural way to help us to never pick this stuff up again. We pray for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And God, I understand that for some of us in this place, our wounds are so deep that this is actually the beginning of a process, a, a, a season, where and some of us need help, and some of us need people to, to walk alongside us. And God, I just, I just pray that this would be the beautiful beginning of freedom and that we truly would no longer carry this stuff around around because god we we just believe that 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 you didn't create us to carry this you created us to be free and so jesus in the name in your beautiful name we pray freedom from the stuff we've been carrying and we pray all of this in your name come on can we just clap our hands i believe like i believe that for somebody today that was significant, and I believe that'll be a significant thing for your future. I really do. One final thing just kind of before we're done. 
uh, we always just want to give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus. We've talked about the forgiveness of God and the cross just being this beautiful, massive picture of God saying, I don't hold your past against you anymore. Uh, and, and there's there's this reconciliation that God has with people and himself through Jesus and what he did. It's this amazing thing. And for some of us in this place, you have never experienced that. You have never just kind of submitted your life and your past and your sin to God. And, and you have that opportunity right now. In fact, with no one looking around, if you're here today and you would just simply say, I want, I want to respond to that today to submit my life and my sin to God and what he's done. If that's you, just show me your hand right now, right now. Okay, thank you, thank you. If you're online right now, you can respond to this. You can respond, okay? We want you to do that, saying, Jesus, I give you my life. Some of you have been for the very first time. Uh, And so let's just say a prayer together, everybody, uh, for those that are responding to this. Let's just pray. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. All right. May you walk out these doors today no longer carrying that stuff with you. And may you truly understand and learn how to live in the freedom that is available in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for coming today. You are just